Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Get Outside with Kids. Uh, Kate and I were just reminiscing right before we hit record. Uh, you know, it's fall. And oh my gosh, everyone has been sick. I think we have rescheduled tonight's episode like multiple times between our three families trying to get everyone healthy at the same time. It has been a stretch. It has been pretty horrible, actually. Pretty much everyone I know has been sick. Um, if you're listening in from the Southern Hemisphere, you're like, ha! It's summer here, nearly summer, and we're not sick. So, you know, hopefully you're feeling nice and healthy there in the Southern Hemisphere. With the Northern Hemisphere, it feels like it's going to be a really long winter. Tonight, we wanted to share some inspiration from a mum who we know who is pretty awesome and she's doing amazing things with her kids and hopefully maybe get you a little bit out of the funk of the cold and flu season here because it has been brutal. So we are really excited to welcome our friend Amy Elvidge onto the show. Hi, Amy. Hello. Thank you for being here, Amy. I wish you guys could see Amy's background because it speaks to exactly what she does. Amy's background is this beautiful uh, like undersea from like the West Coast with the kelp forest and the fish. Um, And it's very fitting for Amy because she actually works for Fisheries and Oceans Canada, um, and actually used to work at the aquarium before with Kate. Um, in addition to all of her work background, Amy is the mom to not one, not two, but three kids, uh, one older child and a set of twins. Uh, we actually all found out we were pregnant with our second child around the same time. And I had one second child and Kate had one second child and Amy had two second and I just, third I just children. had to overshoot. Yeah, Way I to one-up us, like... Amy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Amy, we just want to firstly ask you a couple of questions here about the whole twin thing. So, um, Amy and I and one of our other friends actually at the aquarium were all pregnant at the same time with our first children, uh, which was fun. There was definitely something in the water at the Vancouver Aquarium then. And, uh, you know, when, we, when I was expecting my second kid, you were expecting twins. And I remember thinking, I'm so overwhelmed here by the idea of having two kids. And now Amy's expecting twins. Could you tell us a little bit about what that felt like when you found out you're expecting twins after already having one kid? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Even just like reminiscing with you guys now, it's just PTSD. (laughs) It's all coming back. (laughs) Like I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I never dreamed of twins. I didn't think twins would be in my life. And it was such a shock, even though twins are in my family, my grandmother was a twin mom. She had five kids and including a set of twins. So it was there. But yeah, after I had my first child and Kate, you're so right. It was so fun all being pregnant together with our little bumps walking around the Vancouver Aquarium. I was loving it. We are that second pregnancy came at just the right time. We were, we were like, we made that choice. We thought, let's expand our family. Let's have one more kid. And I found out I was pregnant. And then it was, it was Christmas 2018 was when I realized I was pregnant and held off to share the news with our families. And so we did the whole Christmas day thing. Here's a photo of the, uh, the ultrasound in a picture frame and you're getting a grandchild for Christmas, super easy shopping, like done. And then it was boxing day that I had my six week dating ultrasound and the tech just kept her cool. She was super nice. And I was talking a little bit about my older daughter and talking about the holidays. And and she said, okay, do you want to bring your partner and your husband? in?" I was like, okay, great. And she's like, okay, I've got news for you guys. And there's not one, but two babies in there. And I just, had an absolute breakdown. Like I was, I, I was shocked. I was scared. I was um, straight up bawling. 
yeah, I was very emotional. Well, I mean, you're pregnant as well, right? Like even at the best of times, I'm kind of emotional about these things. When you're pregnant, it's like on another scale. Even though I should have seen it coming, I never saw it coming. And then it, it came and I was just absolutely shocked and, and scared. Like I was scared, (laughs) very scared for the first little while. I didn't really settle into the idea of twins until a little bit further down. And when I realized I was having twins, I wanted to know everything about them. And it was, I guess, around 14 weeks uh, that we found out that it was going to be a boy and a girl. And I thought, okay, I can do this. Like, that's a fun, exciting combination. And I can, I can do it. I, I appreciate you saying this because the last guest that we had on the show who had twins, do you remember this, Jen? It was Tyson and uh, Shannon from Restless Crusade. And they, they are so, they were like, uh, yeah, no, twins. It was just like, if you're going to do it with one, like if you're going to change one kid's diaper, you might as well change two. Amy, can you just like ground us in reality here? I don't, I don't know anybody else who's ever described twins like that or having, or you would have had like a little two and a half year old running around at the time. Maybe she was already three, your first kid. And then you had twins come along. What was that like for you? And like, as somebody who we know, we we see you getting outside and going camping and hiking and, you know, doing all kinds of exploring with your first kid. How did that kind of hit you when your twins were born? And how did you adjust to how to actually do any of those things with now three kids and two of them like newborns. Greg and I had this motto. It's like, how are we doing this? We got no choice. Like (laughs) we're just doing it. (laughs) We just, our answer for everything is, well, we've got no choice. So yes, you are going to change two nappies at once. And you're just going to constantly have a baby on the bottle or on the boob or however that (laughs) beginning of that journey goes. And now that they're three and a half, oh my gosh, I can look back and go, there were some hard times and I would never sugarcoat it for any twin parent. And if I see a twin parent, we have a bond immediately because it's hell. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but now it's like, it's just crazy fun. Now that I've got this pack of three, not just two, but three. And I feel like three kids just pull in more kids, whether you're at a park or at a beach, like suddenly there's this troop of kids. I don't know where we're at now is amazing and wonderful. And yeah, if I'm putting down one plate of food, I might as well put down three. Like that's, <laughs> that's not, not a big deal. We've figured it out because we have no choice. That's just been our, our motto. But um, as far as getting outside, it's hard. It is hard. And unfortunately, you really can't do it by yourself. Mm, it's just too many of them. They're everywhere. There are just too many kids. And Greg, my husband, is the same. I mean, I I married this adventurous dude. He's an archaeologist. He works outside. He goes in helicopters for a living. He does all kinds of wonderful outdoor things. And he loves nature. And I'm a science nerd, I guess, and and just find so much grounding with being outside as well. So not being outside was not going to be an option for us. I've been thinking about what it means to get outside with twins. And I was, I mean, I don't want to shut down anyone who doesn't have a support system, but you really can't do it by yourself. Maybe it's not your husband, but like the number of times my sister strapped on a baby so we could get on a trail mm-hmm. or, you know, a friend put a baby on their back or just someone pushed the buggy for me or a stranger helped me over a, like <laughs> over some rough terrain with the double mountain buggy. Like you just can't do it by yourself. And I think that was the biggest adjustment 
because, mm. well, Greg and I are a team, but also like I'm not afraid to be outdoors alone or, or doing something adventurous with my girlfriends or my sister or whatever. So knowing that I couldn't do it by myself, <laughs> I think was the adjustment. And then we did that and, and that we've had some big wins in that and we've had some epic fails. So Amy, we'd love to hear about a bit of your background. You know, a self-professed science nerd you used to work at the Vancouver Aquarium and now you're with Fisheries and Oceans. And, you know, through the learning that you've done there, how have you kind of adapted or maybe taken some of those learnings into getting outside with kids and doing some of that science with your kids now that they're a little bit older? Um, what does that kind of look like for you? And how do you feel like you're able to incorporate some of those learnings with your own kids getting outside? Yeah, total science nerd. I had a lifelong love of the outdoors of nature, specifically of the ocean, which finding myself working for fisheries and oceans now is just like an absolute dream come true. Bouncing from the aquarium before that, totally an exciting and satisfying career path. But having landed in the education realm of that kind of world has been inspiring. And well before I was a mom, I was um, developing and delivering programming for public. I, I put together a parents and like tiny tots program when I used to work for the city of Richmond and where we just go out in the trail, we basically forest bathe and we'd read a very simple board book and, or, yeah, and then we'd come along and we'd have squeaker frogs and we'd blow bubbles. But just like that kind of basic stuff when I was like, some 23 year old just trying to put it together I had no concept of what it meant to be a mom or what these new parents were doing walking on the trail with a four-month-old in their little ergo baby you know I loved doing that kind of work and so then when my own kids came along and my days at home were blanket down in the backyard doing those very same things like having a float bin and just like being under the sunshine getting our hands wet crinkling leaves just like that simple basic stuff but I've been doing that since the very beginning because I was doing it for other people's kids and <laughs> wanted to do it for my own. And, and now the work that I do with Fisheries and Oceans, I mean, I, the programming I, I do goes from it's school-aged kids. So it's school programming. I focus on primary, but I also, we do high school stuff as well. So um, I, I'm kind of excited to think about how my work can sort of support my own children's learning. Like, <laughs> keeping it super nerdy at home as well. And um, I think that they're all super, they all have a love for the ocean as well and, and a love for nature and for no, wanting to know what kind of fern that is or like what, what tree that is. So I don't know, we're off to a good start. Amy, I saw this video that you shared recently um, of a big trip that you did um, up the coast of the DFO ship. So presumably your kids weren't involved, but it seems like other kids were involved. Could you tell us a little bit about that? It looks so cool and like kind of a unique thing as well, right? Yes, it was um, an absolute dream come true to be pulled into this project called the Sharing Science at Sea Expedition. It was a 10-day voyage on the... Um, the Coast Guard ship, the Franklin, which is a science vessel, an ocean research vessel, like one of the newer Coast Guard ships. So anyway, this ship was um, put onto this expedition with, with this group of, there was 11 of us from science, DFO science, and as well as a crew of 36, I think on the Franklin of, of actual Coast Guard crew. But up we went, we left from the Institute of Ocean Sciences in Victoria or in Saanich and did a full, it was like a two and a half day steam up the coast to Kitimat was our first destination. 
the vessel pulled into these remote communities, indigenous communities, and we were there to provide sort of a open house style experience to invite communities onto the vessel and to share with them the science that this boat is capable of doing, what the crew was sort of working on right now, and how their communities can teach and share and we can sort of collaborate together on all these wonderful ocean science initiatives. I was brought on this expedition to truly focus on the youth piece. So the engagement with the young people, which was absolutely my jam and uh, got to spend hours in these communities, just set up. We did some shoreside stuff where we just got to just be with them and the kids would come out. They knew we were coming and they were excited. I got to bring along some virtual reality goggles for these kids to go cool. diving. Yes. So something cool. maybe, maybe they that. never got to. Yeah. I'd never used virtual reality before. So that was quite cool. And we brought along some microscopes. So we talked, we did talked about how to use microscopes and all kinds of cool sensory stuff. And once they got on the boat, they got to tour the whole ship and meet the captain. And we've got this super cool projection dome that will fit. 25 people underneath and it's sort of like a planetarium say but instead of studying the stars you're underneath and you're looking up and you're studying the ocean so I've never been on a trip like that I've never lived on a boat like that I've never been away from my kids for that long so it was yeah um, 10 10 days away 10 days yeah my husband he goes away to do field work and to do um, archaeology and he's gone away for longer stints than that but it's just it's different when mom goes away so I'm grateful for that I'm very grateful that we can support each other that way but yeah leaving the kids was tough yeah they they followed me along on the tracker uh the GPS oh, that's tracker cool. to see where the boat was going oh, that's so cool it was an amazing experience I think a lot of mums after they've had kid kid kids um you know and coming back to work after mat leave and I remember this because you and I both came back to work around the same time after our first kids yeah, we did and struggle with that like balance and I hate that word because it's never a balance my balance is all over the place <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. it's never actually in balance but for you like I know that you you also struggled with that you ended up leaving the aquarium and choosing another job like what does that look like for you and how you've kind of chosen to work like Jen for example I mean definitely wouldn't say she works less than a full-time job. Jen works like insane hours, but she's made the choice to take her own company, like to create her own business and have the flexibility there. And like, I now have, you know, I work nine days every two weeks and have a day off on a Friday, that kind of thing. What does that look like for you? Like, how do you find the best balance with your kids that keeps you happy with your kind of family and also gives you the kind of professional experience that you, that you want or you crave? I feel like I am just like, have horseshoes hidden somewhere because when I left the aquarium, that was a very difficult choice to make. It was my absolute happy place. And I've wanted to work there forever and some wonderful years there, but this opportunity came up with fisheries and oceans. So I jumped on it. And the real beauty of that was that there was a discussion on how much I wanted to work. And I just laid it out. I said, uh, I'd love to be part-time. I So I work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Um, I work three days a week. I have Mondays and Fridays with the twins now that my older daughter is in kindergarten. And that is just like an absolute dream for me. I am so happy. If anyone's out there wondering about what's comfortable for me, I love the three days a week, but it's different for everybody. Uh, But this is just a phase. Like This is just a tiny little blip too, right? Because I'm already thinking about 
what next year might look like. And I'm hoping to go, you know, work four days a week. So who knows? We'll see. But right now I'm very happy doing the part-time gig. It gives me that balance of, yeah, it's not balance at all, but it's how we define it. It's a terrible word because like life changes so much, you know, like year to year, month to month, things change. And so you never find the perfect balance because it doesn't stay like that. I think, um, you know, what you say about actually just asking for you what you want is something that people often don't actually do. And granted, there are tons of jobs where it doesn't work at all. But like sometimes people haven't actually asked. And because our system's so set on like it must be 40 hours a week until people actually ask and like prove that they can contribute in really meaningful ways in a part-time role. I just feel like that is something that's just missing from a lot of people's recognition. They're like so stuck in this like 40 hours a week, you know, that kind of mindset. So it's so Mm -hmm. awesome that you have a supportive workplace where you can do that and actually feel like you've got some approaching balance. So Amy, I just wanted to take you back a little bit. And I know that the first, the first year of your twins life was really challenging for you. And, um, you know, as we come up to the holidays, I just wanted to touch on something that I think is, it's a really tough time for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, Jen and I know that you, you lost your, your mum just before, just before the holidays, uh, right after the twins had been born. Um, I think, you know, our, our society doesn't really talk about grief, really. You don't hear people talking about it. You don't hear people talking about it, you know, years later. But what was that, what was that experience like for you, having, you know, these two beautiful babies, a toddler, and uh, going through that experience? I mean, it's, it's obviously an impossible thing to describe, but, uh, you know, people thinking about these things at the, at the holidays, you know, what, when you reflect back on that time now, how, how do you think about it? Like, what, what was that experience like for you as a mum? It was, I mean, that specific time, the holiday time when we lost my mum, just an absolute blur. Like, I look at photos and I see myself smiling, but I, in my mind, I'm going, how was I doing that? Or how did I put that shirt on that day? How did I, how did we go to my husband's work party in the Okanagan? Like, how did I do any of that? Mm. And somehow I did, but honestly, you guys, it's that piece. So blurry, so awful. And just, I feel a little bit sad that there's so much I don't really remember about the specifically like the twins being six months old, but when they, the twins were born in July, she died in December. And my first trip out of the house was to go see my mom in hospital because my mom had been hospitalized. She died of brain cancer. And it was just, yeah, I remember like riding the sky train to Vancouver general hospital with like holding my cesarean, holding my incision on the sky oh train. As it's like bumping oh, around. It's like, this is, it was, it was the first place I went was just to see her. And so the whole experience, there was somehow there was joy, uh, but there is just, it was also just a blur. You guys, it was very difficult and feeling very sad, very angry that she was missing out and just the trying to be this brand new mom while I was losing my own. I'm just like, Oh my God, this is somehow I did it because we all just, do the things we have to do. Greg was very supportive at home. Like he spent more time alone here. I mean, I spent a lot of time with my sister and my dad 
but beside my mom in hospital and then in hospice. So I definitely brought the kids, but also there were times where I just couldn't. So it just had to be me because I was the child and I was spending time with my mom and I couldn't also, it was just such a blur. And I feel for anybody who is to go through that kind of thing. There were no clear pieces to it. We just got through it and I can look back at photos and remember the things we did, but it was a very difficult time. It was so hard. I think when you have children, you really realize for the first time how much your parents love you, right? Like there's some sort of realization which makes losing them so much harder, right? My mom, my mom actually also passed away when I was a child. Uh, when I was really young, my mom died. And part of me, your thing about like the grief, like you get through it in the immediate, in the immediate moments of the grief, you get through it. But some part of you, as a mom, you grieve differently now because you know what it is to lose a parent, and then you're looking at your beautiful babies, Amy, two of them, and thinking, oh my gosh, imagine. I died and imagine I left my children behind at any age, right? There's no, there's no right age. And I think it's like, it's like almost like you're double grieving at that point because you're losing your own mom and then looking at these babies and thinking about what they're losing out on, losing out on that grandmother experience. I think for all of us, like we're starting to enter that age. And Kate, and I have been talking a lot about, we know friends who are, you know, have been through things like you have, Amy, which is, you know, terrible parents, you know, who are now grandparents who are getting sick. And it's that like, we're all getting older and our parents are getting older and it makes you realize how how important it is to spend the time with them when we can and, and when it's appropriate to, to share those moments. You're right. And it's partly horrific just to think about, but think about the pain. Like I, I think about what my daughter went through, my older daughter in losing her Ichi, she called her. And it's just, how do we do that? How do we protect our kids from that? And our our parents just continue to get older. You're right. And it's just like, it's such a scary, horrific thought that we have to go through it again and again. And yeah, somehow I, we did it for my mom, but we're still doing it. Obviously we talk about her all the time. We have hedgehogs all over the house. I've got a little hedgehog here. Hedgehogs are her absolute favorite. So all my kids will, hedgehogs will find them and they'll point them out and find them and stuffies are on plates or shirts or whatever. And so we don't not talk about my mom, even though for the twins, they were so small. I still show them pictures a lot, even though it's the worst feeling in the world to scroll back just a couple of years on my phone and look at those sad photos. But we do it because I think it's important. Yeah. I think for both of you, it's just, you know, Jen losing her mom as a child and, you know, coming to parenting with that experience and then Amy losing your mom right in the middle of your parenting journey, you know, potentially what you might describe as the most challenging moment, you know, you've got six month old twins and a toddler, like that doesn't get much harder than that. But I think those perspectives are so important for people to hear and to talk about. I'd be interested with both of you, like I, I, I am lucky to have both of my parents right now, but when you think about your, your mum's what would you want to tell them about your kids? What would they What would they love to see? Where would you take them? You know, like Jen, with your mom, I know it's it's a different experience, but like, would you think about that? What would she What would you show her with your kids right now? Oh man, that's such a good one. I mean, as I've said on the podcast before, I did not grew up outdoorsy. And my mom, it was known for being very not outdoorsy. Um, apparently, there were some, apparently, there were some camping trips pre my birth. I have two much older brothers. And apparently, there were some camping trips with my older siblings that went so badly for my mom <laughs> that they never went camping again. And so, <laughs> I, think, I think for my mom to find out that like, 
in the end, the kid who never had any outdoor experiences, never went camping as a child, like grew up this very like suburban life, moved out to Vancouver uh, and became this camping person. And now are raising our children like like such a such a night and day difference. I think it'd be kind of so cool to see that. And like, can you imagine, you know, someone who's never been camping that whole experience and like to drag grandma along to the campground? <laughs> I mean, she would she would totally freak out. <laughs> but that would be, you know, it'd be interesting to see that kind of development, right? Like you think you're raising your kid, you know, to not be anti-outdoors, but just not to be having those experiences as part of our regular family stuff. And then in the end, you end up having them anyway. So I think I think that would be it for me. Amy, what about what about yourself? Well, I love that idea. And I think likewise, I would drag my mom outside as well, but she moved to Canada from England in her 20s because she fell in love with this country. She fell in love with the beauty, the nature. She absolutely loved a good bit of scenery, loved the outdoors, loved a viewpoint, but she specifically loved it like from a cozy deck or a patio. (laughs) Um, She was not anchor, although she was the world's most epic brown owl in guides and brownies. So she was... um, she did it for Katie and I, for my sister and I. So, and we had lots of family camping adventures. She, she loved being outdoors, but not in like a, I'm going to climb Mount Everest kind of way, just being immersed on it, sitting on a beautiful windswept beach on, you know, in Ukulele or something like that. That was absolutely her piece of cake. So with the kids, I just wanted to do more of that with her. I would, we'd spend the time that we wish we had at, we're very spoiled and lucky for exposure to the coast, but we've got a family heirloom of a cottage over on Gabriel Island, which is my mom's absolute favorite place. And so that'd be what I, I want to do. I'd want to have my mom there with us and have her watch my kids play just like she watched her kids play and many generations before that. So yeah, all, all our favorite places, really just no strenuous hikes. I think my mom would not be into it. <laughs> It's hilarious, Amy, because I see you and your husband, you know, you've got your little camper van there and you pack that up and we you put do. those kids three in a row along the back seat, right? And I've seen you go all over the place in that thing. So You know what? And my, my <laughs> mom is with us in that camper van. We bought that Volkswagen Westphalia with a little, she had a very small investment. So a little, little bit of something that oh, was her money that we oh. bought because she would have just been all over it and the first thing she would have done was get like cute pillows for the inside which obviously (laughs) I had to do too I had to get a fake plant I got some nice battery lit candles but yeah we I'd love to take her camping in the in the pop-up camper too because um that's sure been an adventure for us and the family that when we knew when we learned we were having twins it was oh my gosh, what kind of vehicle are we going to move around in? And having that van with the three across was essential. It's basically a living room on wheels and it's my absolute dream vehicle. And um, it's been a real, a real one up and a real helper as far as getting outside with kids. It's so funny, Amy, because I basically grew up in a VW Combi, which is similar uh, to Westphalia in Australia. And uh, if you listen back to my episode that we, our episode that we did with my parents, uh, they tell, they talk a lot about the Combi that we drove across Australia and all around Australia. So I absolutely get it. I bet you anything, I can hear the sound of the engine. I can hear the sound of the sliding door (laughs) that I can smell what Mm -hmm. it smells like. It's like, they all smell the same (laughs) in a good way. Um, (laughs) 
But, you know, one of the things we like to talk about, like you've touched on, getting outside with kids is is messy. And I mean, let's face it, life with kids is messy. It's chaotic. Sometimes sometimes there's grief involved. You know, this is this is the reality of things that that happen with kids. But when you think back on on your adventures with your kids, all three of them, can you tell us about some times when things have gone wrong, where things did not go according to plan? Uh Maybe you ended up in tears. Maybe they, or maybe everyone was in tears. I don't know. I feel like I've had those experiences where we all cried. <laughs> there's, there's no shame. There's, there's nothing to hide here, you guys. There's, there's tears from someone always. We don't really like to sit still. We do get out a lot. And I mean, the twins are only three. And in their short life, every summer that's gone by, we've camped in some new configurations. So year one, when they were very fresh, we camped in tents and I mean, like we went out and got a giant bus sized tent with room for two full pack and plays plus a cot for our old. So it was just ridiculous inside. Um, a total circus. The palace. The palace. And we cruised all the way up to Northern British Columbia uh, on a camping trip with that configuration. Wow. That was an epic fail. This, Greg and I love to travel like, you wake up in a new place every day, you're driving till late at night, put in a bit of sleep, get on the road the next day. Like we love to make ground. And I think obviously traveling, camping with kids, like reset the expectation. Like you're not making a lot of distance on any given day. The teardown of a campsite. I mean, it takes <laughs> oh my up. Gosh. That's half your day right there. Yeah, just so many fights and just like, <laughs> oh my gosh. At that stage, we luckily, we had a very great piece of equipment, which was like the Baby Dome 3000. It was like this octagon, like a pop-up, but it was like sort of a playpen. Um, but we'd set it up in the campsite. So we knew the kids could go in and they wouldn't <laughs> disappear if we had our back turned for just a second to dismantle some piece of horror equipment. <laughs> but um I mean, that was the fail camping that way was kind of felt like a bit of a failure because there's no sound buffer for tents and having. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we've been there. I feel like you have to leave the provincial campsite. You just have to go in the dead of night, slip out <laughs> under the cloak of darkness. Like You just got to go. But somehow you stick to it, even though it does in the moment, it feels like such a fail. But again, looking back, we have happy memories of doing those kind of adventures. Anyway, that was configuration one was the tent, the pack and place, way too much stuff. We decided it wasn't for us. Year two, by the next summer, and I guess COVID was like rampant. So we thought, what's what kind of holiday, what kind of memories can we make? Let's cruise around the province. We borrowed Greg's parents, four by four truck and a pop-up camper. Really great for two people, family of five. It's a bit of a stretch, <laughs> but uh <laughs> This was a really great one that we that they loaned to us and it was it was pretty exciting. It looked like end of the world like apocalypse vehicle. We could we could cruise over the Sahara Desert in this thing. Like we were equipped. We went into the interior like the Caribbean region in BC and we just popped up by a wreck site lake and it was completely off grid. We were there for 3 days or 4 days and that was one of the best camping trips we ever had. We somehow we managed in this camper but the weather was beautiful. We could live outdoors, basically. We were just living in the camper just tonight. And Greg had made this double-sided, split-in-the-middle um, baby bed, like a cot or a crib. <laughs> he made it out of, um, like, plywood, <laughs> some material. So um, 
we just made it work for us. And it was honestly, it was a great camping trip, but uh, we grew out of that very quickly. So yeah, but the next summer we had our van and I am absolutely in love with it. Like I said, it's my, <laughs> it's my dream vehicle. We've taken some good camping trips and it, some wins. We drove, uh, did a camping trip up the Sunshine Coast and we went as far as Lund. And then we left the van behind and we got on a water taxi and we went to Savory Island. So that was one of our big adventures as five. Big fails for for that kind of situation too. Like just locking in the sound, locking in the screaming. I've got some hilarious photos of the twins, just like bright red face, like let us out of here. We're not going to sleep. And just it's, yeah, having a parent and you're hunched over. It's So Amy, for other parents out there, maybe parents of multiples or expectant parents of multiples, if you had to kind of wrap up or sum up one piece of advice for helping them get outside, what do you think it all really boils down to? Don't let fear hold you back. <laughs> and I like, it can be scary. And, and I mean, like I mentioned before, the need for a good other, whether it's your, your husband or your wife or your best friend or your sister, or uh, you just, you need another set of hands because that first year and a half when we did invest in the WeGo twin carrier, which is a very unergonomic double fronted carrier, good for photo ops, but not good for anything else. Um, <laughs> if you're expecting twins, don't get one. I think I wore it twice <laughs> for like a walk around the city, but. That hurts my pelvic floor just hearing you say that. Oh, I'm oh like, my God, yes. <laughs> All of it. I know I have to like take to a have. big stretch. <gasps> The yeah. core strength, the back strength. It was cute, yeah. but also very silly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think don't be scared. You find someone that's going to help you. When in doubt, strangers are really nice. <laughs> Everyone's going <laughs> to see you and say, oh my gosh, you have your hands full and shake that off and, and let them help you. <laughs> just going to say the other piece of advice I'd say is just like that we go carrier. Like if twins are your first, don't spend too much money on all that gear buy it find it secondhand you don't need the best stuff you just need the basic stuff that's gonna help you get through you don't need matching mec puddle jumpers you find what you can on marketplace and and <laughs> go forth because it's only going to suit you for three months and then you're going to move it along anyway so do get a good buggy a good double buggy and for me my saving grace when i was just me and the twins um was having the side-by-side tule bike carrier loved that thing. Mm -hmm. That was my best friend. That was something I could do alone on my days through Matt Leaf that I could get out on the dikes or a trail system and tote the twins with me. So that was a good one. Amy, you make having twins sound really fun. You're like, oh, I'm whinging. <laughs> You're not whinging at all. You make it sound like this awesome adventure with your little kind of gaggle of kids. For those people who have twins, who have found out they're expecting twins, like you say, I think it sounds very scary, <laughs> very scary. And it's super inspiring to hear that, you know, you and your family are getting out and doing, it sounds like more adventures than ever, even though there's three kids and they totally outnumber you and your husband. But thank you so much for sharing, sharing your experiences with us. And uh, thank you for the honesty as well. You know, the, the fear of having twins, the, uh, the reality of what that's like. And of course, you know, we know that you went through a really 
a really tough period and you continue to, um, grief comes in cycles. Um, so thank you for that honesty too. A lot of our listeners, you know, people, a lot of feelings come up around the holidays and we don't really want to shy away from those things. Uh, if you look at our Instagram, I was going to say, Jen, no one would think from en- that anything is perfect on our Instagram account because our <laughs> kids are always lying on the ground and covered in mud and whatever. Oh yeah. But you know, there's real, there's real feelings that are going on that people are not talking about. So thank you for sharing that Amy and Jen as well. And, um, hoping for both of you a smooth holiday season this year that you get to spend with your loved ones. Thank you so much for coming on tonight, Amy. Thanks you guys for having me. This has been such a treat. If you want to find out more about any of the things we've talked about, we'll drop in some links into our show notes. Don't forget to check us out over on Instagram at Get Outside With Kids. We love hearing what you've thought of the show. Uh, We love hearing your suggestions. We also love it when you hit the five stars on Spotify and an Apple. And if you leave us a review, you'll be our best friend forever. We will be back again next week with another episode of Get Outside with kids.